Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In a sudden flash, it all comes clear. It's a eureka moment, an epiphany. Hi, I'm Marcus Smith, host of the Constant Wonder Podcast. The world offers marvel, meaning, and mystery around every single corner. In nature, art, science, culture, history, we talk everything from bees and beetles to obelisks and asteroids. Experience the thrill of transformative encounter. We'll bring more wonder to your day. Listen to Constant Wonder wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Boxing Day in the Mary Rose. Uh, This is the most eclectic, fucked up Zoom chat I think I've ever been on. First of all, Johnny Dyer's here in his pyjamas. Do you know what you are, Dyer? You're like that bartender, those bartenders, Lockie, remember? Who used to ring in sick every Friday, Saturday night, but then turn up for the Christmas party because there was money behind the bar. (laughs) (laughs) That That sounds about right. I've been working a lot. It's been busy at work and I've got essays to write and all that sort of stuff. That's not Croydon in your background, is it? It isn't, no. Actually, yeah, I probably should change that back, really. It's Monte Grappa. And why not? Didn't think it was pearly. Uh, Lucy's in the house, uh, but she's wearing a unicorn onesie. You'll be able to see all this because I've done a Merry Christmas screenshot from us all. So we have a unicorn in the house in the shape of Lucy. Right, Lucy? I'm all right, thanks, mate. Loving my unicorn feels this weekend because I just want to be a unicorn. Yeah, Um, because you had to put Merlin to sleep yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Sad times and just generally tearful times and everything. I'm just just going to pretend to be a unicorn. That's where I'm at now, 2020. (laughs) Every time you put your head down, it really is like there's a talking unicorn on the chat. It's brilliant. Uh, You said you were going to bring Ivy as well. Is she around or is she just buggered off? She is around. She'll she'll pop up later. Excellent. Okay, we have Alina sulking about her new hairdo and telling everyone she's ugly, but then posting pictures of it looking awesome on Twitter. So you're blatantly just looking for attention, aren't you? Just as you were the other day, my sexy lover. Yeah, well, most of mine, I got people unfollow me for my new hairdo. So you're doing better than I am. Uh, No new followers yet? You haven't? No. Yeah, it's because it's horrible. No, it's lovely. As is entirely predictable, Beth has gone full princess in a ball gown and bright red lipstick and has, at the moment, because she hasn't drunk enough, the camera is placed with no cleavage action, but Marcus is sincerely hoping that the drunker she gets, uh, the lower down (laughs) the camera will flip. Isn't that right? Beth, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm feeling really positive today. And I'm really, really happy to be with all your, you guys because you lot have just been the highlight of my year. So I'm just really looking forward to this session. How much wine have you had? Just out of interest, um, This is the first. second one. Okay. So, enough. <laughs> we also have Clive, who has once again got his disco lights, uh, but has not dressed up. Have you, Clive? No, I haven't. I'm sorry about that. But I really just didn't have anything I could possibly wear. I've got far too fat for all my clothes. (laughs) 
<laughs> right, I haven't dressed up either. Um, the weird answer is Clive's valet is on sick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, no, he's in the wrong, in the wrong bubble, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Cl- Clive's butler is in the wrong uh, tier, and thus he is in his pyjamas. Uh, we also have Dorman from Dublin. He's got some waistcoat action going on. You right, Dorman? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on this St. Stephen's Day, not Boxing Day, but, you know, you can't all be Go good. Go on, tell us, why it, tell us why it's not Boxing Day, then. Because it's only Boxing Day in fucking England. There we go. Go back to your pretzels. Uh, so he's obviously in the spirit of things. Uh, Kit is basically comatose right now because he hasn't slept for 30 hours. He's just got off an aeroplane and he's just woofed down quite a lot of spaghetti bolognese and now he's in a carb coma. Is that right? Yeah, basically. I mean, I've, I've just literally come all the way from South Korea to be with you. Brilliant. And not oh. your visa was expiring. Uh, absolutely nothing to do with my visa <laughs> being very close to expiry and being forcibly evicted from a country, no. Brilliant. Uh, James not only has a Christmas hat on and a Christmas tree in the background and a reindeer, he's quite smug because uh, Villa are winning right now. Uh, James, rocking that Christmas hat. Yep, with yep. Your phone's on, it actually looks like you've got big elf ears as well, which is quite <laughs> Uh, we also have Kate Spooner, who uh, half her head is missing, which is a bit weird. Uh, with yeah. Head. But the I'm other half looks to... very nice. Thanks. I'm just trying to work out this whole, because I've put a virtual background on, because I have absolutely no festivity where I am right now. So I thought I'd put a festive background on, but it's not working. The fact basically. that you've got, like, your background is Beyonce's house is a bit of a giveaway that you might it's... be shit in. Beautiful, isn't it? And I thought that would make up for the fact that I have no festivity where I am. Unfortunately, I look a bit deformed. So, but it's it's going to be okay. It's fine. It's excellent. Holmes, feeling Christmassy? Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because yesterday we got the announcement that we moved, we were put into tier four almost straight away, and you're feeling a little bit down when you hear that. And then on our group chat, somebody posted that um, they brought some new bed linen and people wouldn't be able to see it for a couple of months. And that really put all my problems into perspective. So, <laughs> Was that Marcus by any chance? Marcus, did you want to reply to that? A <laughs> <laughs> write and reply with two fingers. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget, he's now lumbered with a load of vegan food. That's quite horrible. Yeah. yeah. Because obviously you don't want to waste money, but you don't want to fucking eat it either, do you? Got hundreds of pounds of extra vegan wines and vegan chocolates and vegan food, and uh, surely, surely I can't can, see my. I'm practice. coming round. I'm coming round. This sounds great. I was going to say, right, surely. Oh, you can wrap it all in the bed sheets and bury it in your back garden, and then when this is all over, <laughs> do a Samuel Pepys. I have thought yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. Marcus is actually wearing quite a terrifying suit today in a matching tie. You've got a Christmas suit on. Everyone will be able to see it on the uh, Twitter by now. So, Marcus, yeah, you've like... a couple of days and you're just getting shit-faced. You're drinking all of the vegan wine, aren't you? No, I've left the vegan wine. I'm on the I'm on the boxer wine tonight. Um, full-blown box brought in with me. So, um, the drink to mouth time is pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, it's Dorman, been a shit week. I think it's a legitimate question, Marcus. Dorman says, "Isn't vegan wine just fine?" <laughs> it's no, because some wine's got like a little bit of fish in it, and so you have to be careful. It's the fining. They use um, fish, or I think possibly um, pork derivatives, as the finings to clarify it in the final stages. <laughs> oh, Lucy says, mm, "Fish wine," and Chris <laughs> Downs looks like he's going to be sick. 
who thought, Norman, who'd have thought there was actually a sensible answer to that question? I was with you. I fully expect you to just be drinking from the tap on the wooden box of wine in about half an hour's time, rather than offering to decant the glass. Yeah, like that. <laughs> Zach, I thought that like, was the only way to drink from a box of wine. <laughs> it is in the West Midlands. <laughs> Zach uh, made a slight nod to Christmas and when and you will see in the picture, put a little Christmas tree on his head, Zach. You, you don't like Christmas, do you? I, I absolutely detest Christmas. I'm not going to even pretend to be anything other than a Grinch because I've been sick of it ever since, you know, like that first DFS advert came out on the 1st of September <laughs> where they banged on about how if you ordered now, you could have your sofa in time for Christmas. I'm not being funny, but if you can't deliver a sofa in 14 weeks, then as a company, you're even more useless than the cretins who are failing to supply me with a new washing machine. So <laughs> <laughs> that that's my mood for the evening. I did say I would give you room to rant. Uh, Merry Christmas to you too, Zach. Surely in about four days' time, there'll be a Christmas truce between Zach and his washing machine. <laughs> we found out today that Zach, the same person who's delivering Zach's new washing machine is doing the Brexit negotiations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you what DFS stands for. <laughs> Doesn't fucking shut. <laughs> open, nine, open 9M on Boxing Day. I mean, seriously, it can't be anything else, can it? Who doesn't want to buy a, a sofa at 9am on St. Stephen's Day? Oh, it's the first thing I think of. <laughs> uh, we also have Chris Sands with us. He's got a little bar humbug. He still looks like he's going to be sick after the fish wine revelation just now. Terrifying. Right, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm struggling to understand fish wine, though. It just doesn't sound good. <laughs> I just don't get it. Uh, Lockie is looking very sparkly this evening. You right, Lockie? Yeah, I've got a sparkly waistcoat on. I'm, I'm really hungover, actually. Um, we had uh, this rugby game yesterday. I've got a really fat middle finger as well. It's all swollen Where up. It's really horrible. You're trying to get the pound back for your bus fare. <laughs> <laughs> did it in the warm-up. It's, it, it's classic lock. Um, it's just, you know, the, 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 the thing when the ball hits right on the end of the finger and it really hurts. Um, what were you trying was, to warm up and whose balls was it? Catching a rugby ball. You, you, we, we, we try and do that occasionally. Oh, okay. um, but uh, more importantly, how was the testicle nuzzling? Uh, snug. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we have, I just, a uh, ward for effort goes to uh, Charlie and Chris White tonight. They look like a Hollywood couple sitting there. Uh, Beth's a bit miffed. <laughs> She's been outdone. Uh, hi, guys. How you doing? How's Bedford? All right. Yeah, we're we're also in tier four. So um, no no Christmas. It is um, cancelled. No, no, no going to see Chris's mum then, which you've been waiting for and shielding for for how long? Uh, a long time. Unfortunately, she's in another county and we can't do it. So, never mind. Roll on the spring. Yeah. Okay, right. There is loosely a premise for tonight in that uh, basically what we're here to do, um, apart from admire the unicorn onesie of Lucy, uh, is open secrets and to presence. Uh, Zach didn't participate because he's a Scrooge. Uh, and I don't think Lucy was around when we set it up. But they're here anyway because we're also going to cast our own panto. So the premise is that each person got allocated uh, another person in the group and you had to cast them as a historical character in a theoretical pantomime. So, for example, 
you could if you had Clive you could say you were casting him as I don't know Julius Caesar and he was going to be the evil baddie in the panto and you were going to explain yourself basically uh, so that is the premise behind mm. it, uh, as I see a couple of people scrambling now to rewrite what they've done because they realise they didn't get it understood right. Uh, but also what we'll do is as we're going around and you're revealing who you've cast as who, uh, we will open our secret centres and I will I will gauge the fun and reactions with screenshot and I will put those on Twitter as well. I have a feeling it's going to be quite amusing. So, oh my God, where do we even start? Uh, let's go to... I honestly have no idea to start. Let's go to Zach first. Zach, who did you... You haven't got a present to open, um, and tell us why. Because I hate Christmas. Did you not pick that up the first time? I was time? just giving you another opportunity to rant if there was anything you didn't get in the first time. Oh, I could go on a rant about how Zoom Christmases are so much better than standard Christmases, because if you don't like the person that you're talking to, you can just pretend you've got Wi-Fi issues and you're not to talk to them anymore. Um <laughs> So, so if I suddenly get kicked out of this chat, I'll take that as a hint. Um, or if you suddenly develop Wi-Fi issues or a washing machine problem, we'll know that you've basically just deserted us. Pretty much. So who did you get given for the theoretical panto? I drew Alina for this one, and she's been crapping herself all week, and she's even cringing in the chat, because she thinks I'm going to be an absolute arsehole about it. But I think you're going to like this one, Alina. There were a few options that I could have gone for. Um, someone who hates boats. I mean, I considered the inventor of the torpedo, Robert Whitehead. Someone who hates communists. Well, that applies to, what, about 90% of all Americans. And Joan McCarthy probably wasn't a Harley Davidson fan, so that one didn't help. Um, ultimately, though, we all know that Alina's passion can be summed up in one word. Poland. So who better <laughs> than what? <laughs> yeah, she, she likes this now. So who better than one of Poland's most important nationalists? Watch and learn, people, because I'm about to make Alina care about Napoleonic history for the first time in her life, as <laughs> I cast her as Marie Walewska, the woman who was in large part responsible for the formation of the Grand Duchy of Warsaw. Born in December 1786, Marie Klaus Countess Walewska was a Polish noblewoman born... Uh, sorry, a Polish... Uh, can I start that again? Yeah, I'll cut that bit. Cheers. Born in December 1786, Marie Countess Walewska was a Polish noblewoman from Kiernozia. I probably ruined the pronunciation, but never mind. She doesn't care. She's in love with you now. Look. <laughs> Her father was at the Battle of Machiavitsa. I pronounced the pronunciation. I pronounced the pronunciation. I practiced the pronunciation of that. I'm not even on the wine and I can't talk properly. <laughs> this was a year before the final partition of Poland, which saw her father's land incorporated into the Russian Empire as Poland was kind of dismembered for the final time. In 1805, she married Count Walewska, who had lots of money and land, but there was a slight hitch in that he was four times her age. They had, yeah, doesn't like that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, she'll get over son. that in 30 seconds. Money, Alina, he's rich. <laughs> <laughs> they had a son, although some said he was actually an, Ill an illegitimate kid conceived shortly before the marriage. Then, one day in 1806, she met a man who would change her life. Sort of. According to her memoirs, she didn't remember much about him, but according to him, her beauty made quite the impression, and he asked to meet her in Warsaw with the very intention 
of starting an affair with her. He wasn't bothered about the fact that he was married. The only problem was that that guy's name was Napoleon Bonaparte. Now, before Marcus starts on some gin-infused heckles, now, no, Napoleon wasn't a stunted little man. He was average height for the period, and there's no credible evidence to suggest that he had a tiny wang. Napoleon... Uh, Not credible evidence. What's... Uh, I mean, the best source is the fact that Zach said it in previous podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no dick pics on Tinder or anything like that. Not that credible. (laughs) (laughs) Not the size that counts, it's how you use it. As long as it's not a chode. Exactly. (laughs) Johnny knows what a chode is. Who doesn't know what a chode is? Anyone? No, everyone's aware. Excellent. But for the listeners... For the listeners, a chode is a penis that is wider than it is long. (laughs) Keep going, Zach. Screw them. Keep going. I want to hear more about her. No washing machines in this story, Dobbin. Save it for later. Napoleon was quite keen on her. Here's one extract from one of his love letters. What can satisfy the needs of a smitten heart which longs to throw itself at your feet, but is held back by the weight of serious considerations? paralyzing its keenest desires so it's kind of typically needy for napoleon but nothing unique similar kinds of stuff to josephine if we're being honest initially the affair was secret but quickly became popular knowledge in polish society it didn't end particularly well um, although they had uh, a son together napoleon ended up divorcing josephine in order to give his dynasty more credibility and so he married an austrian princess and kind of dumped off Marie Vlevska. Um, so sorry about that, Alina. But what was quite crucial is that Marie was able to use her time in Napoleon's company to further the course of Polish independence. Um, shortly after they started up their love affairs, the Grand Duchy of Warsaw, uh, uh, yeah, the Grand Duchy of Warsaw was formed in the wake of the uh, Napoleon had enjoyed Um, in the 1806 and 1807 campaigns and the Treaty of Tilsit. So in effect, it was Marie Walewska who planted the idea of a semi-independent Grand Duchy of Warsaw in Napoleon's head. Now, it was technically under the um, authority of Saxony, but that's not really the point. The point is, Marie Walewska influenced Napoleon through certain means to um, persuade him to form a semi-independent Polish state and therefore represents... Alina in some kind of cack-handed fashion I haven't really thought through. Excellent. And what's she going to do in the panto? Um, well, she's the the other boss, so I'm kind of obliged to say that she's kind of the princess or something, aren't I? Yeah. Yay! Much. If you wanted to like you, yeah. <laughs> Zach, can I ask a serious question, historically? Yeah, sure. So, the invasion of Russia, I'm right in thinking that Napoleon went through uh, Latvia and Lithuania and Estonia, didn't he? He did. So did he pass the duchy from the left-hand side? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, he's on fire and he's going so sleep. <laughs> I mean, if we've got a winner tonight, that's it, right? <laughs> Done. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Uh, do you know what, though? I was kind of like, because we were chatting last night about what you picked, and I was kind of gutted because I thought I'd come up with something really awesome. Do you want to know what I'd cast you as, Alina? I said I to that, no. I'm trying to think of someone who sleeps through most of the important shit and always has a mouthful of food at a cr- crucial juncture and hates boats. 
So I would cast you as Henry the Sixth because he spent most of his reign in a catatonic trance, not knowing <laughs> the Wars of the Roses. Which one's that one? Henry the Sixth. Get get the right because I never get confused with like. Was six, the podcast seven. with the castles and shit a few weeks ago? Oh right, that one. Okay, that yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> not the fat ginger one. Not the fat. That's right, okay. Me. I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear God! This can only go downhill from here. I really like that. Character gave Napoleon a semi. <laughs> <laughs> semi independent. Oh. <laughs> right. Okay. So Zach doesn't have open. So let's go to let's go to Dyer next. So I don't know. What should we do first? Present. Here we go. Unmute first. Yeah. Unmute mm. first. Unmuted. Um, I did wonder whose writing this was when uh, when it turned up, and it did look a little bit like yours when. Um, oh, it is my handwriting. It, have but it compared, I but it, it is your handwriting. It is, but, but I wrote it you. for someone else. So. I see. Right. Given that it's folk who are broad, that narrows it down a little bit. Ooh, my word! Oh, it's wrapped up properly as well, and everything. Yeah, that was me as well. Oh, bravo. Well done. You right. won't be saying that when you realise that I put as much sellotape on it as possible. So that you yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's, that's, that's terribly helpful. Right, I'll do this one first because there's somewhere I can get my finger in. As the bishop said to the actress. Right. It's, right, okay. From an airplane? <laughs> oh. <laughs> we finally found what happened to that Booze! <laughs> oh, excellent British Navy rum right well that's a good start because that means I have to go to the bar once less than um, I would normally have done um, right now I need, I need something sharp not just my rapier like wit obviously um, <sighs> Sean Bean <laughs> right and a hip flask oh well done Bravo, whoever was my secret Santa. That's phenomenal work. <laughs> Liking mm. that a lot. Well done. Woohoo! Okay. Thank you. did you get for um, panto casting? I got Kate. Ooh. And... Um, it. We can't gauge your reaction because we can only see, like... I can see. I can see the top of her head. Yeah. Um, now I, I, yeah, I'm just staying out of, of, of shot because it just skews my face so much and my body. Well, that doesn't even need mentioning. Wow. Well, um, I, I know very little about Kate, and um, we, we've obviously spoken on here once or twice. Um, her Twitter profile and feed suggests that she likes all things medieval, drums in a band, and let's be honest, likes a bit of wine. So what I was looking for was a medieval female musician who was a bit of a girl. This is not a rich scene to mine. <laughs> but after literally minutes of research on the internet, I found a candidate. So we're going with Lady Mary Derring. Um, she was born in, uh, in September around about 1629 um, and was a female composer. Uh, she was born in Croydon. Pick up the Crocs. Uh, the daughter of Daniel Harvey and Elizabeth Kinnersley. Um, Daniel Harvey was a wealthy London merchant and a member of the Levant Company, it says here. Um, she, went, she went to Hackney's Ladies' University of the Female Arts um, and apparently was quite a well-regarded composer. Um, Henry Laws, no idea who he is, was, who he is um, 
dedicated a book to her and in the dedication he highly praises her composition and says that few of any sex have ever matched their perfection um there's not a huge amount known more about her she married a chap called sir edward daring and they had 17 children um most of whom are obviously it's, it's medieval so most of them are dead died anyway um she survived her husband by about 20 years um there's a little bit of scandal previous to that um there's a question over whether she married someone else. Um, far as we can see, when she was about 15, she was wheeled into a church by another chap and uh, some sort of ceremony took place. Um, the real scandal of it was apparently that he bedded her a year before. So it's all getting a little bit yew tree. Um, but what I thought is if we're doing a panto, no one ever really thinks about, you know, everyone wants to go Widow Twanky and all the, uh, all the main characters. You've got to have a band, haven't you? So she can provide the music. 17 kids, that's basically half the audience to shout, he's behind you and all that kind of thing. So I thought, ideal candidate. So yeah, Kate, you are Lady Mary Daring and you are the orchestra. Thanks very much. <laughs> I really like that. From the 17 kids, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, actually, that sounds like it might be... Mind you, there's um, not really be much effort in it after the first what twelve. Yeah, I'm, I think the yeah, I think the last five or six would probably just fall out, wouldn't they? Yeah, you'd cough and be like, oh, <laughs> another another child. How marvellous! You'd have to not cough for fear of it being six months premature. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not big into kids. I'm not, but apart from that, I like it. I mean, after, after, the, after the 17th, she was going to struggle on a trampoline a little bit, wasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I should think after the 17th, she was going to struggle to find where to put it to make her pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's another joke about an orchestra pit there, if you want, but I, mean, I think we could leave it if not. <laughs> oh, dear God. Right, okay, I really like that. Uh, I'll stop now. <laughs> Shall we shall we go go round then? So let's go to Kate next. So I have to open my present first, right? I was getting yeah. all excited about my um, my my thing, but I'm super excited about my present. It was really hard for me not to open it in advance. So here it is. Uh, maybe you can. I don't know, can you see that? Oh, ah, oh, that's amazing. So basically, what it is is it is a, a page from a hundred year old dictionary. And then um, they've printed onto it like a like a, a phrase from a Bowie track with his little um, uh, lightning bolt thing that he does. So that is so cool. Ooh, I, we can be heroes just for one day. That is lovely. I love, I love it. Yeah, nice. And I love Bowie. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm, that's amazing. I'm totally oh, made up. I'm so sorry. I'm going to totally get Look at her. <laughs> oh she's so cute she needs a little like unicorn horn hat thing she's totally not alarmed by the fact that you're a fucking unicorn either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing Ivy's seen it all that's amazing I'm just sorry I'm just like opening it more like you can't even <laughs> see that you can just see my knuckles that's amazing I'm so happy oh wow that's so cool and do you know what oh my goodness do you know what one of the, the definitions is the last definition on the page what gin <laughs> <laughs> brilliant well done cool. Santa cool so who did you get for Panto who did I get for Panto right okay 
Um, so I've kind of, I'm, I'm going to just switch my video off, and um, I've kind of gone down a different road from, I think, everybody else. I but think bear with me. by your photo, but explain, live from I'm... Medway for one night only. <laughs> Humor me, okay? Because yep. I really struggled with this, all right? Like, literally, have no idea. It's all right for all you booty and world worry people and actual historians and shit. But literally, anyone who's listened more than once probably realises boats and wars are things about which I have absolutely no fucking idea. And, of course, I do. Probably the most boaty person among us. <laughs> We've already done a Lena. <laughs> yeah. It's my ass. Okay. So expect links and connections to be tenuous at best. And I've gone like way off piste as well. In nautical terms, I think I've pretty much disregarded the headings. Uh, Is that right? Terrifying no. at this point. <laughs> that was a good term. Without further ado, I would like to introduce for this evening's performance, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, please put your hands together and give a big cheer for Chris Sams, a.k.a. Samuel Peeps, making (laughs) your appearance as the one, the only Captain James Hook. Like I said, tenuous (laughs) (laughs) no i love it purely because i will your picture you must send it to me that you've done you've done a mock poster and i will have to send that round on social media (laughs) i was like before you start can i just point out for everyone in the room that chris appears to be drinking out of an iwm mug and i'm just wondering if he's just been robbing the museum gift shop while it's he's gonna need to be drinking for the next few minutes you all are okay mm-hmm. so chris sam's Ewell peeps <laughs> i said tenure <laughs> wrote a book and is really into boats okay <laughs> peeps was the chief secretary to the admiralty whatever that means his influence and reforms were important in the early professionalisation of the Royal Navy. To be honest, I didn't see much of that professionalism myself when I worked with them. Hmm. I cast Chris Samuel Peeps as Captain Hook because Captain Hook has long curly hair, as does Peeps. Chris doesn't, but it's probably a wig anyway, so it's fine. Captain Hook also likes boats. I digress. Let's get started. <laughs> so this evening's performance, I'll need some audience participation. Will you help me? Yes. I can't Yes. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. No. Yes. Typically, just me and Charlie. Good. <laughs> Marvelous. Two of you and Chris will do. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for your support at this moment. So, Chris Peeps, naughty. Chris, <laughs> I'll need you to shout out, blast that Peter Pan, every time I say his name. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Peter? <laughs> Peter? <laughs> to be honest. Sorry? 
Chris sounded slightly frightened then with that response. <laughs> I was, to be honest, I was hoping you would have been more drunk, but come on, bear with me, go with me. You wanted Panto. We did want Panto. So, Chris, Peter Pan. Oh, no, it's last that, Peter Pan. Good, okay, you won't forget, will you? Wait, what was no. that, Chris? I didn't hear you. <laughs> He's already so funny. Wait, what? Everyone drink. <laughs> wait, what? Everyone drink. Oh, James said, I wait, did... what? Everyone drink. Yeah, Everyone I drink. deliberately did uh, that I'm one, better. just to get your drinking. <laughs> no, if James says, wait, what? Everybody has to drink. Because oh, okay. That's... Yeah, I've already drunk for that. If he talks James... about an obscure sport, you have to down your drink. Yeah. And if, what was the other one? Exactly if Luke is placing his notes, you have to finish your drink. <laughs> <laughs> But we digress. Go on, Kate. I'm going to run out of rum. Maybe we're going to need the audience to help Chris a little bit with his Blast That Peter Pan. I'll leave that up to you. (laughs) Blast That Peter Pan. Yay! So now the rest of you, can you boo and hiss? Every time I mention hook or pirates, okay? Yeah. Or, or tier four. <laughs> 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 so let's get started. The scene. London, 1900. George and Mary Darling are off to a party when they're disrupted by their boys, John and Michael, acting out a story told to them by their big sister, Wendy, about Peter Pan. Cupid. Oh, Peter Pan. There you go. <laughs> and the pirates. Papa George is fed up with the stories and declares that Wendy is too old to stay in the nursery with the boys. Can we get a boo hiss for George too? So that night, Wendy and the boys are visited by Peter Pan. Blast that, Peter Pan. Blast that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, it isn't. It's behind you. <laughs> he's trying too much drum. This might take a while, mightn't it? Uh, yeah, I think Chris is pretty far. I don't think that's tea in that mug, is it, Chris? <laughs> no, it is my uh, fourth glass of rum and coke. Marvellous. So anyway, he teaches them to fly with the help of his fairy friend Tinkerbell, and they go off to the island of Neverland, a pirate ship. Bastards! The Jolly Roger is anchored just off Neverland, captained by Hook. First mate Smee. Hook. Smee's nice. We all love Smee. It's plotting revenge on Peter Pan. What's that, Peter Pan? Or <laughs> cutting off said pan and feeding it to a crocodile, TikTok, who is now eager to re-eat the rest of him. Suddenly, they are interested. Other social media streaming channels are available. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok and his friends, Snapchat. What's <laughs> that? <laughs> Snapchat is a much better name for a crocodile. (laughs) 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 
Anyway. I'm writing that down. Fucking <laughs> 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 material. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, not one crocodile, but two. <laughs> oh, dear. Don't write that down. <laughs> I did right, say that I would hope to cheer you up, no? I would do my best. Yeah. Well, you're all laughing now. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> so suddenly they're interrupted by the arrival of Peter. Plus, oh, uh, Peter Pan. I think poor Chris has died at this point. The funniest <laughs> thing about this is watching the cogs turn because there is a, like a five second delay between Chris hearing the words and his face going, I know I'm supposed to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't remember what he did. <laughs> Peter and Wendy are getting along famously. We'll skip over that one. But Tinkerbell is in love with Peter. Yeah. Blast that Peter Pan. <laughs> and she's very jealous. Whatever. Cue the Lost Boys, stage left. Tinkerbell persuades the Lost Boys that Peter Pan. Last that Peter Pan. Why did you to shoot down Wendy? Chris, you're sacked. <laughs> Where's the understudy? Seriously. <laughs> Pick an understudy. <laughs> understudy. Uh, James. James pays attention. James is... He pays attention. Come on, James. He's fondling his stuffed reindeer, which is a bit disconcerting, but yeah, he pays attention. <laughs> well, no, I am, I'm paying attention, don't worry. He pays attention. He, he's invested. I think it's my connection. Peter. Blast that Peter Pan. Blast that Peter Pan. <laughs> Get off the stage. The understudy's taking over. Where's TikTok and Snapchat? Let's trip Chris to TikTok and Snapchat. <laughs> we need... We... It's mutiny. <laughs> Smee's taking over. Off my treachery and stop Blast the that Peter Pan. <laughs> And banishes Tinkerbell. Ah. Uh, uh, John and I, the boys, to find the Indians. But they're captured. The Indians think they kidnapped Tiger Lily, the chief's daughter, not the queen drummer's daughter. Meanwhile, Peter Pan. Blast that Peter Pan. Blast that Peter Pan. Oh, you're supposed to be eaten by crocs. You flee in terror at the sight of Hook. That's not very nice. <laughs> See, that is actually Hook who has Tiger Lily. <laughs> They're hoping she will really? tell them where Peter's hiding. Blast that Peter Pan. <laughs> Peter and Wendy rescue her and return her to the chief, and the tribe honours Peter Pan. Blast that Peter Blast Pan. Blast that Peter Pan. <laughs> You're supposed to be eaten by now. Die already. <laughs> Captain Hook decides well, to take advantage. Oh shit, get off it. Jealousy of Wendy. I'm just going to crack on and leave you lot to like get on with the booze and the hisses and the Peter Pans and the, the fucking whatever's all right. Mm. I you know what? I love that we've now got a Peter Pan with a split fucking personality on the side. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just thought it would be funny. So it is funny. It's brilliant. I love it. And I love the fact that Chris is. Adult enough to put on a shirt and tie, but literally can't respond to like a dog command. It's. 
<laughs> Tink uses her fairy dust, and off they all fly to London. But the Lost Boys decide to return Ooh. to Neverland with But Peter. they can't because London's in tier four. So Listen, this is pantomime tendies, okay? It's not real. It's not real, Alex. I'm sorry. Okay. So I have to break this to you. It's not real. I wish this was. This is mm. more fun than reality. <laughs> is this reality? Or is um, this fantasy? No. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> so I had to do it. That was just the perfect line, song line to go <laughs> for. Everyone drink just for amusement. <laughs> James made it funny. Everyone drink. Really <laughs> had to include that rule before. People, Merrin has drunk an entire bottle of eggnog flavored alcoholic cream, but because she's yes. too drunk to read right. what the percentage yes. was, oh, oh no, hold on, hold on. <laughs> was that TikTok? <laughs> oh, so this group needed another drunk person, right? Okay, he's gonna <laughs> Dorman says. Peter Pan is a story of two terrorists who kidnap three children Last from their beds and force them to join a paramilitary group called the Lost Boys. It's just Boko Haram the musical. <laughs> it is. You all laughed. And that was my end. Pretty brave for an Irishman to make a paramilitary joke. But okay. I'm allowed, Marcus. I'm allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends in low places. <laughs> oh, well, well done, Kate. I, I really admire you getting into the spirit of things. That's oh. Commendable um, effort. It was a commendable Thanks. effort in the face of just... Should we do Kit next, purely because he might actually just crash out and fall asleep? Kit, open your present. Uh, okay. Right, uh, I've, I've got the present here. Okay. The anticipation. Oh. Oh, cool. It is a bubble lab. Oh. I get to do science Ooh. with bubbles. Hurrah. <laughs> 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 uh, seven fun experiments, blow mega bubbles, create 3D bubble shapes, and explore wacky water tricks. Basically, I'm just going to blow bubbles, goof off, do some science. That's not Michael Jackson's chimp bubbles, is it? Just <laughs> you're not, yeah, you're not going to blow the chimp, right? Blowing bubbles from the chimp. Amelia, we get, to, we can't yeah. be having. How is your severed head kit? Has she yes. missed you? Let's go and let's go and ask her, shall oh, we? Oh, we're going to see it. Oh to god! To be fair, you had you a bit earlier, and it's unsurprising. It's terrible. Mum covered it up. It's terrifying. Wow. Wow. Oh, it's Gorgeous. so creepy. Oh, oh what the... Kit, pose with oh. your severed head so I can screenshot it. No! That's <laughs> I'm liking the blue headscarf. It's feeling very seasonal. Put the camera oh, back what on what it. What major scene do you have with a headless, or a, just a head, Mary? Oh, no, you want to see something Did he see where Herod catches up with them at both? Yeah. And, uh... The gang's all here. John the Baptist, Mary. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no, he's putting it on. Oh, 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 oh my god. Oh no. Oh. I would have nightmares about that again. Definitely terrified, right? Me and Amelia. Oh. Why is it not got hair? That's the, that's the scariest thing. Well, no hair. It makes it more creepy, right? 
in the lack of hair. Not a wig. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it does come with a wig. But I only bought uh, the, I mean, oh, I bought the head off the guy. I didn't buy the wig or anything. Um, yeah, because that'd be weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you prefer a bald? Anyway. That would be weird. Um, I love it. <laughs> I'm supposed to do someone, uh, I'm supposed to do the panther thing, aren't I? Yes, you are. Who did you get? All right, so I got uh, Charlie White. Yay! Yay! And I, I gave this a bit of thought because we know that Charlie likes uh, classic ladies of certain virtue uh, from the <laughs> <laughs> and we know that she also loves the, the glamour and glitz of Hollywood. And so I thought I would combine the two. And so I have gone for Sarah Siddons, who was Ooh. the first glamorous actress. Uh, she lit up the stage in the 18th century. She was the first woman to play Hamlet. She did it on three different occasions. Uh, she was considered a sex symbol, although she was always very reserved, actually. She didn't sort of put it all out there, unlike other actresses of the time. Uh, she was considered to be uh, a beauty, certainly, a unique uh, per- uh, person, a founding giant of, uh, of theatre. She also wrote her own stuff, so that goes in with uh, with uh, with uh, um, Charlie's excellent uh, writing ability. And so I just thought Sarah Siddons is the perfect person. Um, and who would you want in in, in your panto, uh, Sarah Siddons? Well, famous for these these these. Terif- terrific, glamorous roles, these these powerful roles, and so I have gone for the fairy godmother. Oh, yes! It had to be. Because it has to be. She is the fairy godmother of our show, um, and uh, she's, she's there granting wishes. Um, and so, yes, yeah, Sarah Siddons, fairy godmother for our panto. Oh, thank oh. you. Oh, everyone's been really nice so far. So good. That won't last. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, Charlie, you have a present to open. I have, yeah. Oh, I'm very excited. Very excited. So. Oh, look at Ivy. Oh, she's tired. Oh, you tired. Oh, I did screenshot Ivy as well. Smile. <laughs> oh, oh. Double wraps. Fancy. There's some bubble wrap going on. You hear some of that going, oh, oh what have we got? <laughs> okay, so it's a hammer. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think what the... She does absolutely no DIY in our household, by the way. <laughs> I'm trying to think what the, what the connection might be here. But there's something else. I'm just going to check because we got a bonus present here in the White House. And I don't know if it's for me or for Chris. I think it is because I think you're about to be presented with a moral dilemma. So here we go. This says to Charlie, Secret Santa Part 1. Feel free to use Part 2 on this. Consider it historic stress relief. And let's see, it's okay. It's, this is wrapped up. I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm trying to think of people who I would like to hit with a hammer. And at the moment, I mean, my list is just <laughs> is is huge. Um, Westminster provides me with many, many candidates. Are <laughs> we going to get like pulled over for being sort of potential terrorists? Probably. <laughs> oh well. Okay. Um, oh. Oh. Okay. This is really exciting. <laughs> so I. <laughs> I have here. I have two 
two. Oh no, it's one. Oh yes. Okay, I see what I've got. I have a very cute little um, statuette of someone who I might wish to hit with a hammer. I believe that this might be Oliver Cromwell. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you might be right. Might be Oliver Cromwell. So... Have you got Gormans by accident? <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have here our, if you want to screenshot it, we'll lift it up a bit. Ready? Oh, <laughs> actually, no, no, hang on. The horse was innocent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a parliamentary horse. <laughs> he got that horse on expenses charge. The horse was not complicit. I do not yeah. blame the horse. But that is an awesome secret Santa, which I've completely destroyed. Thank you so much. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and it I, was supposed to be a moral. It's supposed to be a moral dilemma. Would you wreck your present? And it didn't even enter your mind to let him say what <laughs> I really love. Uh, and also, as well, Lucy took a huge sigh of relief when you didn't decapitate the horse. No, the horse is safe, Lucy. Don't worry, look, there he is. Oh, bit, bit Charlie, to add a twist to, to it, um, knowing who sent this to you, they also, you've now destroyed it. They also painted it and assembled it, so you've just... To <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> be fair, he is fairly intact. <laughs> you, he's like a cockroach. I've knocked him off his horse, but... You have to bury him and then dig him back up in like 12 years <laughs> for another trial. Yeah, he does keep killing a couple of times. I did. I have actually saved him now because I felt bad, but I knocked him off his horse. He is fine. You you won't be the first person that needs multiple goes to get rid of the bastard. (laughs) Who did you get for Panto? Who did I get for Panto? Well, I was very lucky because I drew Lockie. Oh, goodness. Panto. And um, I was thinking it's actually, I, I feel for the, the listeners because it's hard to appreciate as a listener just how big big Andy Locke is as in as in tall he's the kind of guy who comes around your house and has to duck in door frames this is true this is this is a tall guy and I'm not talking about like tall and willowy I mean this is solid rugby player here this is this is lucky so if, if you're that way inclined that's that's the voice that you're hearing the only thing that I think is is missing from Lockie is that he should <laughs> he should <laughs> he should be wielding a broadsword or an axe. Um, in our panto, I think he would be saving your grandmother from the big bad wolf. Now history oh. is littered with lofty characters for Panto Lockie to play, and you know even hanging out as I do in the 17th century. Um, in the proper royal houses of Stuart and Plantagenet, there are plenty of tall, tall characters to choose from. Charles II was described as being over six yards high as a distinguishing feature. And Prince Rupert of the Rhine was six foot four. So, you know, we've got some tall guys there. But I don't see, I don't see the long flowing locks on Lockie. So I'm going to go back a little bit further. Edward IV, maybe? Uh, too fair, too blonde, not Lockie. Yeah. So I'm going to Lockie selling kisses either. <laughs> I don't know. We can't go on tours anytime soon. We're, we're making time. Time. I'm say, that's not what it says on the wall of the rugby club toilets. 
<laughs> no, for Loki, I'm going back further. I'm going back to the 13th century and casting Loki as King Edward I. He went to war with Wales, France and Scotland, and that's three out of the six nations, Loki, right there. And though he was a medieval king who was feared by his enemies, he's remembered as many for his focus on justice and the law. Unless, of course, you're Scottish, um, in which case we find out why they hate us so much. Um, he was called Edward Longshanks on account of his height. And if nothing else, I just want to make the name Lockie Longshanks stick. So that's my choice <laughs> for Lockie. I really Brilliant. like that. Yeah. Lockie, you impressed? Yeah, love it. Love it. My Welsh family might love it a bit less. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lockie. Actually, we, Go on. We did. Uh, we stayed in the shadow of Carnarvon Castle uh, actually last year, pre-COVID happy times. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. I hope this is a secret centre and not just another parcel. Um, oh boy, a utility uh, bill. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We have this packaging, there's wrapping, there's no kind of note attached. COVID in the box. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about yourselves for a second. I mean, there we go. Oh, we have got limited edition replica statue, a souvenir from the Posse Animal Memorial. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Inside, we have Saint. I guess <laughs> this is but we got we got a fella with no hand with a hand missing, um, and it says Posier, which is lovely, and a, a little note, certificate of authenticity. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> You now own an authentic bit of absolute shite. <laughs> 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 Signed by some asshole. <laughs> 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 Brilliant. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> yeah. Good. So I have a... Show everybody the lid to the box as well, because I've seen that. It is rather amusing. <sighs> Yeah, that's um, it's got the the Saint Francis of Assisi uh, bird bath, <laughs> which literally is a bird bath. You know, get it from a garden centre uh, with the squirrels on, and me uh, standing there a bit muddy from from having <laughs> taken a run. Um, that is absolutely completely excellent. Do you always finish your bird. runs next to um, statues? Very <laughs> <laughs> Statuesque myself, yeah, or relic, yeah, more, more on it. Um, <laughs> that is wonderful. Good. Yeah, frame that. All right. <laughs> yeah, too right. It's actually better right. than the actual memorial. Yeah. Pride of place next to the Webley. There we go. <laughs> um, right, let's do... Mine's pretty short, actually, my uh, panto roll. Um, I drew none other than Andrew Dorman. Um, which I, I, was, I felt spoilt for choice uh, almost really um, but it came it came down to actually holding Dorman in, in quite high esteem um, as I came up with this role although the, the role that I've assigned it might not seem like that uh, it's more who would I want to 
um, subject uh, to Dorman, quite frankly. Um, so I kind of I think Dorman's at his best when uh, surrounded by idiots, or at least has one idiot to target. Um, so I want him saying, for fuck's sake, as as much as he possibly can. Um, so someone who's done something incredibly stupid, uh, he has proven ability as as the roast master general, uh, as we know. Uh, and so we want someone who possibly has quite a long time with somebody in order to give them a proper roasting and, and explain how much of a fucking idiot they are. Mm-hmm. And so I have... Um, I, I did have a few possibilities. I mean, I, I was thinking about having him as um, Alan Brooke uh, for a while and just having him basically face desking next, next to Churchill uh, a few times. Um, but actually, uh, I thought he'd be better off as Marengo, um, Napoleon's horse. Um, <laughs> especially on the on the Russian expedition. Um, so in, in his, in his lovely, uh, lilt, uh, explaining why invading Russia is a fucking idiot idea, uh, and then giving him the full explanation of how much of a fucking idiot Napoleon was on all the way back, uh, from Moscow as well. I thought that was very nice. Trouble is, as it's a pantomime, he kind of needs to be the front half. Um, and so I need to have a back half of the, of the horse as well. Zach. And, um, no, well, no, I did, I did think who would, who would hate who would hate that the most and um and and then thought no it'd be a bit harsh just to pick zach so we'll do it we'll do it fairly and evenly eeny, eeny mini miny zach there we go Mary <laughs> <laughs> and lucy don't have roles at the moment okay well you, you girls want like to horses, back I suppose. Horse. <laughs> <laughs> I've been brilliant there we go that's mine dorman are we going round? yeah yeah let's go oh, me. i'm just getting confused yeah go on dorman Okay, um, I have a package here. Last time English people sent Irish people a package, bad things happened. <laughs> you didn't fucking you leave. A few hundred years of law, order, yeah. Surely it's more, more positive that way than the other way around, based yeah. on my history. Uh, <laughs> I can't be held responsible for the It's for English people and not particularly welcome for the past sort of, you know, 50 years. Okay. <laughs> Now, I, I should clarify that the front no, of this... didn't send them anything in the 1840s. Now they send them loads of stuff. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- this does have some clues. Um, first of all, it has my address, which I should hope so. Um, but more importantly, it has Carol's Irish gifts on it, which doesn't necessarily <laughs> inspire confidence. <laughs> um, as Did you kiss off Carol? <laughs> Carol's Irish gift, for those of you who don't know, is renowned for just being the worst gift store in Ireland. It's where the <laughs> Spanish students go and steal stuff, and the staff can't <laughs> legally stop them. So I look forward to this. <laughs> Spaniards would steal when they're on holiday. You and why the staff can't stop them. You don't know it's going to be rubbish. You've got to open it to be sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, oh, my packing paper! Amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, the um, Norman, are the staff as bad at security as Chris? Or, or... Uh, the, the staff are <laughs> the staff are typically Irish in their security. Um, but okay, there's lots of bull wrap. This is great listening. Um, well, this is endless hours. Of I've stolen nothing. Okay, it is the tiniest mug I have ever seen. <laughs> 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 
tell me it's a Guinness mug, Norman. Yes, it is a Guinness mug. Um, <laughs> the only Irishman who doesn't drink. <laughs> yeah, it, it's got various Guinness logos, and locations, and there's a woman with obnoxiously large. Oh no, it's a knight. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I mean, the sad thing is, you've probably got you've probably got thirty of them already. Did they, did they stop the receipt? No, we we can't all have bar snacks. I've just got a bar. Oh. <laughs> I've got pint glasses and everything. Um, <laughs> it's just so small. Like, <laughs> you couldn't it's even like an exotic mug, isn't it? Like if not to use this, it'd be a thimble. It's tiny. <laughs> you know what? It's Sadly, not, it's as not well. how big it is. It's what you do with it. Yeah. Right. Oh, hang on. Oh, this is just taking the piss. It said, it's ceramic mini mug, visit drinkaware.ie for the facts. <laughs> You're getting drunk out of this. Dorman, <laughs> toast with your mug? It is to scale with leprechaunism. <laughs> the size is how often you fill it. Like, I think, Hilariously, yeah. I did send Dorman an extra present in that Dorman has um, a thing about bar snacks from around the world and trying them, um, but it hasn't arrived, so it's going to have to get held over for the New Year's <laughs> Eve Shag Mary Kill edition, because we've sent him uh, pork scratchings, pretzels and nuts covered in reaper chilies from South Carolina, and he's going to eat them live on air. And I will uh, only drink out of this. <laughs> that is the only water you're allowed. I, I've spent nothing but my time in South Korean bars for like three months. If you'd have asked, I'd have just brought you something back. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll blow his head off with the reaper shit. Oh, brilliant. I didn't imagine them having loads of tiny Guinness mugs in South Korea, but then that's probably down to my ignorance. <laughs> this is definitely pickpocketable as well. It's a genuine Carol's gift. Perfect. <laughs> Where you're wondering if your secret Santa was a Spanish student. I just like the fact that all of, Kit, all of Kit's brothels serve bar snacks. I think it's great. There's also yeah. a moon on it, which bears a startling resemblance to Kit's Amelia Clark mask, which I'll send to you. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's an experience that I'm I'm very glad to have had with you. Thank you. See Brilliant. You uh, who did you get for uh, Panto? Oh, I got Marcus. <laughs> oh, um, yes. <laughs> Marcus says actual fear on Marcus's face right now. Right. No, I I think I've been quite nice to Marcus here, and it's also very brief because um, much like everyone else, I didn't really understand the memo because I'm an idiot. Um, but. I decided that to really do Marcus justice, you need a staunch Bonapartist, a reckless leader, and someone who dedicated his entire career towards making the Duke of Wellington look better. So I think Marcus embodies Marshall Ney. <laughs> <laughs> so born on the 10th of January, 1769, Ney joined the army after a terrible career in the civil service, which I guess is the same as joining the territorial army, Marcus. You can confirm or deny that. Um, <laughs> rose through the ranks quite rapidly um, through Zoom calls and doing lunch stuff with uh, people, I imagine. Um, he fought quite well, as I'm sure Marcus would if ever you get invaded. Good luck. Um, much like Marcus, he had a passionate phobia of Russians. Um, I'm gonna, I don't know if Marcus hates horses, but now he does for the sake of this. Uh, and they killed enough horses to open a glue factory, so 
so did Marcus, um, <laughs> took pass, he, Mar, uh, Ney took part in a disastrous campaign in Russia in 1812, which is fairly accurate to his podcast. Um, bold, brash, poorly thought out, and ultimately regrettable. <laughs> uh, the best parallels can obviously be drawn between 1814 and the 100 Days campaign, as Ney, much like Marcus, did spend most of his time on furlough looking for a new job. Um, <laughs> and finally, there's a conspiracy surrounding his career after this, which hopefully I can put a pot to as well. And as a final kick in the teeth, obviously, in the film Waterloo, uh, Ney was played, of course, by an Irishman. So <laughs> I can't think of a better person for Marshall Ney. And if you want him in the panto, he's the comic character who runs on, says some incredibly vulgar comments that makes the ladies in the front row gasp. He's incredibly memorable, but also ultimately unimportant. Oh, brilliantly done. Uh, right, guys, we're going to stop for a drink drinks break purely because Santa has been in touch with me to say that Marcus, Amazon are one stop away. <laughs> they should be at your door with the second part of your thing any second. Um, so we'll all go refill drinks and then we'll come okay. back to the rest. That yeah. was brilliant, by the way. Can I just do that? Uh, yeah, if you want to was... react to that, go I mean, I, I, I genuinely, I got to deny all of it. Um, the furlough, the job hunting, um, <laughs> the... Yeah, podcast burns quite good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, like that a lot. Superb. Yeah. Brilliant. Well done. Cool. Okay. Yeah, if anyone wants to read. Okay. Marcus has just been to the door. Santa has cut it a little bit fine. Uh, he didn't want to go to Kent because he heard how diseased it was. Um, but I have, <laughs> <laughs> I have instructions from Santa. Marcus, could you please open the one that just in- arrived first? Yes. Well, with Santa and this one, he had a long time getting down a really epic long drive. Yes. How did he get past Hold on. Did he squeeze down your chimney as well? <laughs> we just had that converted into a log burner before Sadiq Khan gets his grips on us. Ooh. Hold on. This is going to be difficult with the, the, the rustling for our audio viewers. Um, it's getting difficult. It's like an ASMR video now. Just, just slowly whisper while you do it. You use a knife, you nimrod. <laughs> oh, Princess Marcus has a Princess Marcus. It was my birthday. <laughs> okay, pose for the screenshot. Okay, done. <laughs> so why this camera makes me look so fucking bald? Oh, we're still recording. Shit. Um, any any particular order for the others? Uh, no, I believe any of for that one. That poor guy, like, racing around Tier 4 Kent at half past nine at night before Christmas. I mean, I mean, poor him racing half. around Kent anyway. <laughs> oh, because how much did you tip it? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's funny that Kent's getting some, some dissing from the black country now that it's the black plague country. <laughs> 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 You're all the so, black clay country to me, kid. I've got some chocolate. I'm presuming it's not vegan because it's a fudge packer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, history pack. We've gone down the 1990s gay jokes. He has a hunky men doctor dot coloring book. 
Paint me like one of your marshals. <laughs> I'm looking at the faces of everyone else to see who might have sent. And you're strong. Okay, so who did you get for Panto if you can tear yourself away from your hunky men? I was on my hunky men and I was fucking close. <laughs> Yeah, this is possibly the least heterosexual I've ever seen you look. Wearing a tiara with a hunky man colouring book and a bar of chocolate that says Fudge Packer on the front of it. Oh, you've never seen me play gay. You've never seen me play gay before bed, then. Although no. it suits the Marshall Ney character. So. I've never seen you on one of your army weekends. Yeah, it's a whole different market. Um. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, this, this chihuahua hurts, actually. It's a bit kicked out. Because it's um, made for little girls, Marcus. Not <laughs> Why don't they make a chihuahua for fully grown men? That's weird. Um, so, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think they do. It depends where you shop, darling. Oh, I see. So they should go down. This person obviously doesn't live near Soho. Um, right, so this person knows this is coming, but they don't know who I've got, because this was Zach. And Zach called Hello. me this afternoon going, please, please make me Wellington. I really want to be Wellington. He's so cool, and I'm so cool, and I really want to be Wellington. <laughs> You're not. Um, uh, fuck off, Harry Potter. Bro. I'm making you whatever I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a wizard, Zach. Um, so I thought about this, and I was like, uh, it could be, it could be. You know, Napoleon Bonaparte, and I was like, yeah, he's fat, Zach's not, that's a bit mean, because Napoleon's a bit twat, Zach's just a lovable dick, it's it's difficult. And I was like, you know, Zach's other thing in his life was, we all know he's a romantic, but Canova, too successful maybe, Zach's, you know, got this whole love-hate thing with the washing machine, so we need a lot more... So we settled somewhere down the middle, and I've settled for, because we all like our Napoleonics, so I've settled for Jerome Bonaparte on this one. (laughs) (laughs) The weedy weedy little brother. (laughs) Because in our group, I feel that that is Zach's role. (laughs) And this is Jerome Bonaparte playing Buttons, the helpless romantic in our panto. With the big red rosy cheeks and the over exaggerated bellboy costume, which he deserves. Um, Coming from the man so, of Tiara, continue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going I'm to embrace this. I'm not going to do a history hack without this, but I'm um, So, Jerome Bonaparte, the youngest brother of the Bonaparte uh, family, but most importantly, linking in, he was the only one who really married for love and. Oh, Zach, he is on the lookout. Ladies, if you're in, and you can't fight off Alina for him, 
um, Zach is available and uh, and desperate basically. So um, so Zach, so he he married for love. He he married a uh, an American lady and was forced to annul the marriage because of his older brother. He's also the only one who actually ended up having enough children to carry on the family to, I'm going to air inverse commas, the royal family, because they still use the title Prince uh, Bonaparte, even though uh, 1815, I think not. Um, and so, therefore, at the end, though he was the younger brother, bit weedy, absolute failure at Waterloo and, you know, Zach, um, but he comes out at the end to be the head of the family through all his prosody. So it kind of has a happy ending. So hopeless to romantic. I play Zach in a lot of Napoleon Total War. He doesn't really win very often. And um, that's a really shit burn. And, and, but he wins at the end, marrying happily, and his family become top of the family. So, yeah, Jerome Bonaparte it has buttons. Zach, do you want to write a reply? It wasn't as bad as I was expecting. That's about all that can be said for it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, at least he didn't kind of class me as Joseph, who was the catastrophic waste of space that I did consider failed to rule Spain. It's saving up for next year. Yeah. You're more cute and cuddly. <laughs> I, I think that's a compliment. I'm not entirely sure. Sorry, I went to get gin and then I got spaghetti stuck to my foot. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, gunpowder, Irish gin. It's fucking epic. It is like head blowing. <laughs> yeah. Jerome Bonaparte was the one that turned up in Hornblower, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes, that's with his American wife and like the whole yeah. So the one that massively overcommitted to Hugemont. Yeah, that yes. is him. Yes, hugely overcommitted to Hugemont and love. Speaking of Hornblower, Young and Griffith auditioned for Sharp. I don't know what role, but the second assistant director was on today, and he sat in on all the auditions. And I asked him who who was the worst audition. Um, and obviously he didn't get a role. And Charlie, it was Rufus Sewell. I've actually, ha- I've actually had a text back from, um, from Jason, and he says, I didn't invite you because I thought there was no history and I thought you'd be bored. <laughs> <laughs> How little he knows you. How little he, he underestimates your... Uh, cool. He still thinks I'm the history guy. It's people. cool. Yeah. That's it, Bertie. Eat this. Oh, no. See, Bertie's seen me pull the ring things, and now he's like, where's my cat treats? So how many degrees of separation am I from Rufus Sewell now? Uh, if you know... Three? If I know Sam Craddock... Okay. Yeah, uh, one, three. Three or three? Amazing. You're always only three people away. He's my, he's my new free pass since Martin Kemp's gone a bit naff. Oh, I thought your free pass was... Um, oh no, Clark Gable's dead. That would be it. Dead, yeah. <laughs> Is that going to stop people on this podcast? (laughs) Yes, I know. You get biscuits if I get gin. How your brain works. Right, okay. We go sideways now, won't we? Because we don't go back to Zach. Zach didn't play. Let's go to James. Okay, then. Well, I've ended up with two gifts, so I'm going to have to try and... <laughs> Dorman drinking out of that tiny mug. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's rude to so I'm going to have to... Uh, oh, no, they say water. you have to do two litres of water a day. How many times do you have to fill that mug? <laughs> this is a litre. <laughs> and you throw that uh, bottle in the bin now, you've got a much better drinking receptacle. 
<laughs> You've been lucky. Okay, this is all nicely gift wrapped. Uh, what's it say? Oh, just Merry Christmas from Secret Santa. Okay. I'm going to have to figure this out. Mm. I'm probably going to rustle more than Marcus, but oh well. It won't look like a princess doing it, James. No, no, (laughs) I'm not a princess, so. I'm a princess. What the heck has happened here that the bows won't come off? (laughs) Matt Bones seen the picture Mm. of the um, Amelia Clark head and says on Twitter, no wonder your mum hid that under a pillowcase. <laughs> yeah, fair play, really. Uh, I'm just watching James. This is like Mario Balotelli putting on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Try to figure out how to open this. That's why. Rip it. Rip, Rip it. Rip it. Rip it. Okay. The paper there we go. Right. We've got another one to go. Yeah, bloody hell. We're going to be here all night. <laughs> okay, so the first present is a book. Birmingham, eighteen eighty nine. One year in a Victorian city. Wasn't that last year for Birmingham? Literally, <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, no, no. That was last year for the Black Country. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. Oh, it's just got handsome eye the second one's a lot bigger, so it's, uh, I'm Ooh. trying to figure out what this will be. I've heard that before. Okay. <laughs> it's funny. In, enjoy, enjoy your tiny mug, Dorman. That's the last I'm terrible at opening things. There we go. I finished three mugs in this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody else on Ten Hooks? <laughs> what is the? It's some sort of chicken mask. <laughs> I I I'm trying to figure this out. Oh my god! Stop asking me. Explode! He's got the same colour as his porno lamp. <laughs> Put it on. Put it on. Hold on. Hold on. i get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. What the? Or is it a duck or a? a... What? Put it on. Yeah, put that oh. on. Gotta go on. Oh, God. It's gonna stick <laughs> like hell. Take the oh, hat off. off first. Hold on. <laughs> we'll just buy a glass. That's <laughs> what I like. Okay. <laughs> now, I feel you need to put the chicken mark on and the Christmas hat. And let us take a picture. Mark on the hat. Absolutely stinks. Mm. Okay, I hope well then. Is this the moment we can get James to do pretty much anything? We say I've got a feeling this is how one of those online bullying campaign advertising starts. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> I just spat out half a mug. <laughs> Luckily, it was a really tiny, pathetic mug. And some one gimp mark. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. James is, is, is a chicken gimp mask. <laughs> and that was nothing I put on the wish list either. Well, by. you didn't ask for a chicken gimp mask. No. That's weird because I asked for a tiara. Isn't it a duck? I, I, I think it's a duck. I think it's meant to be a duck. 
I'm not sure. Put it on again. And we'll no, again. Let's <laughs> no, I need to breathe. You can't see out of it. It's worse than wearing a stormtrooper helmet. And it uh, have, you, have you got a stormtrooper helmet? No. Well, you know no, who does own a whole stormtrooper outfit, though, who's in this. Put it on. Put it on. Put it on. Put it on. Holmes, where's the mask? I, I, I will. Um, do you want me to go and get the helmet? I can't get the outfit. The outfit's in the loft. Can you do the outfit on New Year? And just the mask for now. Yeah, alright then. Oh. If, not, if not, Holmes, can we borrow it? Yeah, Holmes. You want me to put it on? Yeah. I can't see, obviously. Yeah. Oh, I want you to put it on. That's a silly question. Is that why stormtroopers oh. are so thick? Because they can't have oh, their glasses. Wow, that really yeah. suits you, Holmes. You can't really see out of it. You probably can't. Bring out the colour in your eyes. Leave it on. Oh, that's quite impressive. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Special effects. I don't understand. Now right. dresses baby Yoda. Right, okay. <laughs> Let's go to No no, uh, I didn't do my panto yet. Okay, yeah, James, who did you get for Panto? Thinking well, James, I actually got Chris White. Uh Ooh. so it was a bit of a challenge for me to think of something for Chris. Because he's so a I did a bit of isn't he? It should surely is the chivalrous gentleman. Yeah, Prince Charming. You see, I, I did a little digging on his Twitter, and I noticed he was heavily into his music and music work, and he's rather dressed quite aptly for the character I chose him, because I've gone for Giancomo Puccini, the oh, composer, yeah. the Italian composer, probably arguably the best Italian composer, 18th, 19th century, romantic ones, mainly romantic operas, some beautiful characters created, some beautiful music, Italian, romantic. He used to date what were effectively film stars of the days as well, because I thought maybe Charlie's character would be something (laughs) like that. So he's going to be Giancomo Puccini. He's going to be the orchestra master in the panto, the guy that does all the music and knows everyone and sort of the little information hub as well. I quite like that. Yeah, it's been really nice and cuddly so far. I was expecting much more burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very accurate. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well done, James. Chris, well done. got a present? Oh, I've got a present. Apparently, what? Charlie's having to pin you back from opening the present that I sent you. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. You're having a child. Like, leave the presents until Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an it's a book that says, "I don't eat anything that farts." <laughs> <laughs> Because you are a vegan, aren't you? Well, vegan y vegetarian y things, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how More... rude are we getting? I was going to say, not 100% accurate. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I was going to go there, Charlie, don't worry. <laughs> the interesting thing about it is, it's actually blank. <gasps> it's a colouring book. It's a notebook. So I can write down all the vegan sausages that I discover. Excellent. <laughs> oh, and vegan wine. And so can I. <laughs> there are many. Vegan <laughs> sausage. Sausage time. <laughs> that will never not be funny. <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh, 
Uh, Chris, who did you get for Panto? Okay, so I'm probably not worthy of this. Um, and there's been a few mentions of princesses tonight, but really there's only one, and we all know that is, don't we? Yeah, well. So, well. Self-appointed, yeah. So. Clive. So, no. so Beth is the history hack princess. And she's cheering because she knows she is. Natured to the point of ridicule by the Mary Rose regulars who accused her of sucking up to the judges, but so loved by most of them, she had more than one secret Santa sent to her. <laughs> Pretty sure she was sending them to herself at one point, but yeah. <laughs> Quite possibly. Justifiably locked up by evil authorities for no other crime than living in the black country. <laughs> Beth has been a kind of Rapunzel with COVID. <laughs> Casting her in history has been quite easy for me. And as a fan of the podcasts and watch and listening to them daily while I work, I could cast Beth as Princess Alexandra Victoria, a princess who was previously wrapped up in cotton wool before she was engaged as a queen and empress of our country. An icon, even. Beth is very happy with this, I can see. Yeah, look at her. She's like, but I'm just going to crack it and say, but you are a, a weird, fat little midget that screams at her husband a lot as well. Just <laughs> <laughs> going down the Queen Victoria route. That, that's yeah. where we end up. But Beth may be a princess this year, but just watch and see how far she goes, along with her very own Prince Albert. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Like you John have a Prince have, Albert, Beth. John doesn't have <laughs> creepy sideburns, does he, Beth? But he does have a pierced penis. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and here what? it is now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's here tonight. <laughs> We're going live to Todger Camp. <laughs> we thought Pretty Beth sure. was stripping, but it's hubby. Yep, Zach's right. <laughs> Drink away. <laughs> Do you do it? Oh, look. Oh. Oh, Chris, okay. lovely. She's going to cry. You know oh, we love really lovely. Yeah, you're our princess. You're our princess. And so is Marcus. Yeah. Before he gets upset. <laughs> yeah. So now we need half an hour while you unopen all your presents. We do. Off you go, Beth. <laughs> so the grand total in the end was four. Um, I'll try and open them in the order that they came in. I laugh my head off if like three of them are just random squares of toilet paper. I mean, we should explain probably the fact that I've got four because I very stupidly took a picture of my secret Santa, put it on the group chat and said, it's arrived and didn't black out my address. Um, and they've all arrived. All four of them have arrived um, addressed to Beth Lala Moore as a reference to a certain Teletubby character. So the first one that came is the recollections of Rifleman Harry. <laughs> <laughs> so next time you're next to Jason Selke in a pub, you won't be like, yeah, that TV programme came out the year I was born. <laughs> <laughs> His face when I said that, he looked genuinely about to throw up. And then the second one, this I'm sure this one came next. Uh, hang on. Brilliant. Oh, I, I want that. <laughs> oh, wow. Love it. She has airfix World War One British infantry as well. Are they good ones, Dortmund? Another one. 
desperate to get into these. I am like a child when it comes to Christmas. <laughs> I'm sure Beth could paint the uh, World War One British Infantry up as uh, 16th Irish Division. <laughs> Red. Um, Douglas paint them in Tinkerbell outfits. Oh, for sure. Um, Douglas's Tale of the Peninsula and Waterloo. <laughs> 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 you basically <laughs> Santa's giving you homework. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this then is the worst only is... fans account I've ever seen. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh! It's jelly beans. Yay! <laughs> more sweets. <laughs> Just what she needed: more sugar to go with the pint of mulled wine she's had two pints and yes. passion fruit martinis yes. outstanding beth who did you get for panto <laughs> i got james oh i knew it i knew it <laughs> and i had some really really i had a real dilemma of like do i absolutely go proper bitch with this <laughs> Lockie's like yep yeah there were lots of choices Classic, yes there were lots of choices. Um, Are you but, eating those jelly beans already? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the choice that we went for, I went for in the end. It was a bit of a, a bit of collaboration. I will, I will not name my collaborators. It's um, either Marcus or Zach. That is <laughs> a given. Shucky. <laughs> settled on not being too much of a bitch. Um, and went with the Greek philosopher Socrates. There we go on this one. <laughs> He's <laughs> He's the presence as well. The philosopher Socrates, a man who was extremely opinionated, yet incredibly unprepared for any situation. Oh, I've just had one of the. Oh, oh what is this? See, that's karma getting you already. Oh, good lord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it's only fans I've, has got I've just realised I've just realised it's so apt she's eating jelly beans right now and talking about Socrates. What on earth was that good lord? Right, Socrates okay. do a lot of writing about jelly beans. <laughs> oh my no, god. No, sorry, James, no. I don't draw the parallel between right, okay. headlock flavoured. <laughs> let me keep going. So extremely un- opinionated, yet incredibly unprepared. He refused to write things down, which is the ultimate form of losing your place in your notes. He's master of the obscure reference and destroyer of logic as well. Has stolen most of his philosophies from other people and then had his stolen by Plato, who is basically Zach. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The Greek form of, the popular Greek form of clothing of tunics, the best way to be flexible regarding camera angle, of which we've seen many when it comes to James. And, of course, I'm sure we can all assume that Socrates was probably a raging anti-Semite, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor so James. I think James would have to be cast as, oh, just, I was, oh, the thing is, I was going to go for buttons as well. Um, we can have two buttons. We'll have they two get buttons. on so well. <laughs> yeah. We'll have another buttons. <laughs> Oh, just for anyone who wasn't around for the last episode, James really isn't an anti-Semite. He just, he just <laughs> fucked up his argument for the great. You just say I was being too honest. He was I couldn't too put honest. out history. I'm sure we have never to, gonna live to say, it down. James learned his lesson the way I've learned it, that you just have to say one thing and or do one thing and people run with it forever. 
Oh, it's true. Oh. I want to be now when I'm so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, love it. Oh, that was brilliant. Well done. Um, <clears throat> so we've already... I'm getting really confused because of the gin now. So she's done her panel fitting, but James has already been. Who's not been yet? Clive hasn't been. I have Alina. I have. I've not been. Mr. Holmes. Right, okay. Let's Let's go to... Alina, because she's got a mouthful of food. <laughs> That's really out of form. She's never done that before. Yeah, no. Oh, she has. Wake. Was the joke, James? Am I opening or what am I doing first? <laughs> Finish eating. Said, Alina, has your present from me arrived? No. It's just addressed to Nobbles. <laughs> My <laughs> present in the you post arrived. Two weeks. I wanted you to open it live. Can I ask them, they save it for for our New Year's one? Yeah, do that. Is it special? Yeah. By the oh, way, wow. whoever my secret Santa is, well done on the Amazon, because it actually got here in time. <laughs> Thank you, Bezos. Oh my God, it's in a fucking box. I can't even open it. <laughs> is this a Yay, someone's <laughs> worse than me today. If this is, this would be hilarious if it's got any reference to naval history whatsoever. If it's anything to do with naval history, get out. One of our wonderful history hack fans, Giles, has just sent her about a dozen naval history books to read. So. They keep arriving, and I don't know if it's my secret son or what's happening. I get confused. no, it's because Giles is lovely and he just wants to share the boaty knowledge with. But, I mean, to be fair, those books are probably worth a tenner on Music Magpie or something like that. So <laughs> every cloud. God, man, Amazon is like. So that. Box is like a shoebox, and the gift will probably be. Can I just say, my Secret Santa checked my Secret Santa list. So, well done, Secret Santa. You're very smart. I, perfect for podcasting, by the way, have a teapot. (laughs) And said teapot will be ready to use as I podcast, and I can pour myself hot tea. Thank you. Yay. That means uh, your Santa was too scared to burn you. My secret Santa always smart. serves the tea. Mm. Is it? Clicking. <laughs> My secret Brilliant. Santa is smart. Right, okay, I've got... So I got someone who stopped appearing on our down pub. Thank you very much. Dyer. <laughs> Jesus. So I decided you to go cast him as him. Lord Lucan. <laughs> oh, he does... I, I stalked him a little bit on Twitter. Alex reminded me he does some sort of legal shit. And that he likes cheese. And he likes cheese and he farts a lot, apparently. <laughs> and that was really yeah, shitty because Alex tried to, to convince me. <laughs> so basically, Alex tried to convince me to do something completely different. I was like, no, I can't be too mean. She wanted like some farting. I did, who did you pick, Alex? I can't even remember. Some farting. Oh, well, the James Joyce thing with the farting. I thought that would be funny. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to go down that road. Um, and... He's into some World War One stuff. Shit stuff. Whatever. Um, and I constantly keep confusing him with Holmes on Twitter. It's really annoying. Can you two kind of sort your shit out? <laughs> Matching profile pictures, isn't that's, it? That's coordinated. Yeah, the, the way you can tell us apart is he's the one who breaks wind all the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I've decided to go slightly outside of the box. It's something I've argued before, actually, which Di wasn't there for. Actually, maybe he was there. Oh, I don't know. I'm losing track. You're never around. Um, and I've decided to not go for a person. 
Daya, you remind me of Wojtek the bear. (laughs) (laughs) That is brilliant. I've argued him before, so I'm not going to go into a whole rant of who he was. So the bottom line is Wojtek was, was a Polish bear. Um, he would drink milk from a vodka bottle, but you can have actual vodka from a vodka bottle in this instance. Um, he used to light cigarettes and eat them. I mean, I don't know if you want to eat cigarettes, go for it. Um, it's been, it's been done in the past. Trust me. Cool. So we're, we're on, on board here. Um, they throw him like their scraps of food. So we can always throw scraps of food at you, you know, never know. Um, it's smelly cheese. It, it's yeah. Bits of smelly cheese like that one. Um, but you can have fun. Wait for this. You can walk in on the ladies in the shower. Hey! Because <laughs> you're just a bear. You didn't know any better. Exactly. And you can steal our underwear as well and run away with it. I don't know what you want to do with it afterwards, but whatever you want to. Uh, you can behave like an animal. No one's going to give a shit. Um, and at the end of COVID, we can just leave you at the zoo. <laughs> and then we can make a bronze statue out of you so there we go Daya you are Wojtek the bear in our panto what's he going to do in the panto he's going to run around with ladies clothing (laughs) (laughs) he is one of the three bears though bears can lick their own gentles can't they uh, yes, uh, if it makes you any uh, happier. Asking for a friend. Uh, just... <laughs> I'm most intrigued, Alina. How many bears have stolen your underwear in Poland? Um, I don't live close minutes. enough to, it, it close enough to the mountains. Oh, okay. I just wonder if it's like a weekly or like a monthly kind of occurrence. Come over. We can we can test run it if you like. I'll leave yeah, my underwear creepy, outside. Uh, creepy neighbour swears it's the bear. <laughs> like it, Matt. Thank you. Uh, Dyer, you've been, haven't you? I have, yes. Chris, you haven't been yet. Oh, hey, it's all fucked up again. Chris. We can't. Oh, every it. time. His audio. Headway. Oh. Oh, no. no, it's 26, it's 26 megabit internet. Chris, stay silent. If Medway's to blame for all of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, Chris, sort your shit out. Clive. Yeah. Hello. Okay, where did I put it? Oh, there it is. And I got scissors, so I, don't, I can open it quickly. We... <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, wow. This is I... really special. Two, two. <laughs> and they're nicely wrapped, and they've got a little thing on them like a teddy bear definitely and they're really well wrapped up and my goodness me oh gosh oh this is rather nice isn't it tame beast nut butter (laughs) multi-purpose lotion so that's going to be very soothing for a for a bicycle ride i'm sure it's really good and oh Lots of feathers, which have all... <laughs> you I think, I think we all know what that's for. I've just meant... Oh. Oh. Clive, I think you once said you wiped your ass with goose oh, feathers. Oh, goose feathers, yeah. <laughs> very good. And also, didn't Clive argue for the guy oh, that goodness, died while... Oh, my wonderful and excellent goose feather posterior whites, suitable for rooms, the scratch, pox... 
and weakness of any member. Oh, that's really useful. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's great. The waitress is all out of goose feather or arse wipes. What I love is that somebody found on Amazon goose feather arse wipes. That must have taken some searching. <laughs> One keyword. Goose feather arse wipe done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel it's very straightforward. And, and the bar, and the balm to go with it. Oh, that's just great. Thank you. I'm going to really get, look forward to using that. Secret Santa has obviously got your ball sack utmost in their consideration, Clive. Clive, can you send photos of both before, Clive, during, and after? Do you after? want me to send you the mask back? <laughs> so you no, it's okay. You can you. keep that. You can keep that, James. <laughs> I expect to see you wearing that often. No, Halloween maybe, but... Oh, Oh, thank you, that's lovely. But that means I've got to give my panto thing. It does. I was given given Dr. Kit, which was an absolutely horrendous task. As you can imagine, Kit himself is a larger-than-life character who could be in any panto and doesn't really need anyone to play him or to play. I could have taken the easy way out and taken one of the multitude of characters that he's told us about in his talk. So that would have been too easy. I had to find somebody else, someone suitable for him. And clearly it had to be an alchemist because that's got science and that's got history involved. But it had to be more than just an alchemist. It had to be an occultist alchemist because that really does hit the nail. And more than that, it had to be an occultist alchemist with deviant tendencies who travelled a lot. And so I came up with John Dee, who lived from 1527 to 1608. He was a reader of maths at Oxford, charged with treason for creating astrological charts for Mary and Princess Elizabeth, He defended himself in front of the Star Chamber and was acquitted, but sent on charges of heresy to the bishop's court. On Elizabeth's accession, he became the chief scientific advisor, the Sir Patrick Balance of his day, and her astrologer, plotting the most auspicious date for her coronation. He recommended to her such things as setting up an empire with colonies dotted around with a very strong navy to defend them. He wrote the hermetic work Monus Hieroglyphica, the Hieroglyphic Monad, an exhausted Calabalistic interpretation of the, a glyph of his own design meant to express the mis- mystical unity of all creation. It's unintelligible today as we don't have the oral tradition required to interpret it. In the early 1580s, he became discontented with his progress in learning the secrets of nature and his diminishing influence of recognition in court circles And so he decided to go to the occult instead and started consorting with angels. And in so doing, he met a chap called Edward Kelly, who helped him to consult with angels. And they wandered around throughout Eastern Europe, consulting with angels. Edward Kelly was a really good chap because he persuaded John Dee that he ought to do the decent thing and they should split their income and their wealth between them which was a very generous thing for him to do. He also said that they should split their wives and share their wives between them. And so nobody quite knows who the father of John Dee's wife's uh, child was. After a while, he became disillusioned with Kelly and returned home to Mortlake. As you can imagine, returning home to Mortlake was a bit of a disappointment because he found his home vandalised, his library ruined, and many of his prized books and instruments stolen. But that said, 
He then left and moved to Manchester, where he taught for a while. His wife got the plague, and then a little while later, he died. But all in all, a fairly exciting fellow who travelled extensively, got tried for treason and for heresy, and did lots of clever inventing, came out with ideas such as the idea of the British Empire, and was a suitable person, therefore, for Kit to be. And the role that that person... that Kit would have to take in the in the guise of John Dee would obviously be an alchemist or a sorcerer or someone who's coming up with exciting potions and things like that, which will magic the hero or heroine of the pantomime into a glorious state. I really like that. Kit, are you there? No. <laughs> oh no! I did all that. I could have really ro- roasted him there. I was just trying to be nice to him. Oh, he's fallen asleep. He's asleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you get. I got, I got feathers everywhere. <laughs> Did you rip it open too quickly? And I opened it from the wrong end, as they say. It's a common issue with the goose feathers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, we have got, I know I haven't been and Holmes, you haven't been and that's it, isn't it? Yeah, I've not been. Okay. You go then. Who have you, you open your present first? I'll open mine. I, I'm terrible at receiving presents. A secret Santa at work once, about eight years ago, I did actually go, oh, for fuck's sake, who sent this? So uh, I'm not the greatest <laughs> receiver of gifts. I mean, as Johnny's always reminding me at Christmas, it's better to be a giver than a receiver. So, uh... <laughs> And also, I did have that I inadvertently opened this the other day anyway, by accident. And it is, and you know, I wonder it's it's a sock with cannel lapel pin. Well, I can't help noticing it's a lot smaller than the ones everyone else has got. You know, it's how quickly I got into this. But <laughs> in a way, funny enough, it's timely because I've just joined the local First World War Warplane lapel lapel bag society, and I thought I was going to have to blag it with a fairy swordfish. So this is much <laughs> appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Everyone's folding up their tiny presents as Zach's just got a really small Napoleon penis. <laughs> I mean, he's got a model of it, not that he's... Oh. So do I need to go with my um, pantomime person now as well? You do, which is me. Yeah, which was tricky and a bit scary. So finding a character from history for Alex to play in a pantomime was something of a challenge. We've discussed many strong and powerful and influential ladies on Down the Pub since it started, so my first thought was to consider one of those. I initially considered Boudicca, queen of the Iceni tribe, who fearlessly led the revolt against the Romans in AD 60 or 61. But then I remembered it's believed that Boudicca fought topless, and let's face it, there's no place for anyone's top bollocks to be swinging around all over the place in a pantomime, even if they are painted blue, so that idea was dismissed. <laughs> next, products, I love it. Next, I turn to Agrippa the Younger, the Roman Empress, who has featured in at least another another couple of down the pubs. This wily and ambitious Roman noblewoman effectively used her position and resources to become the de facto ruler of the Roman Empire during the reign of her son, the Emperor Nero. An impressive feat, no doubt, but like most things Roman, there's probably a hint of incest around it, and she ends up getting murdered in AD 59. Again, this probably makes her suitable for pantomime material, and no one wants to see Alex getting murdered, particularly as murder is currently against the rules in Tier (laughs) 4. 
I struggled for a while longer to come up with something appropriate. Then I had an idea. But I'm casting was used to great effect in the David Copperfield film that came out earlier in the year. And pantomimes of a history of casting leading ladies in the principal boy role. That was it. I could choose a man from history for Alex to portray. And once I'd reached that conclusion, there was only one person who was suitable. That man was Sir Douglas Haig. By the time the war had reached the last few months of 1918, <laughs> Sir Douglas had put all his learnings from earlier in the war together and combined them with all the resources he had available to basically smash it out of the park. A favourable comparison can easily be made with Alex, particularly since March. She, along with Alina, set up and has gone on to produce hundreds of podcasts on a whole variety of subjects on History Hack, as well at the same time setting up the Great War Group with Beth and others. She's found time once again also to raise money for a women's refuge, refuge throughout the year. Alex and Sir Douglas are perhaps not as appreciated as much as they should be. Both made most of all, both made the most of all their experience and the resources they had at, that had available with the intention of improving things for people in general. There is also the point I, that would allow us to maintain that she could extreme, maintain her extreme dislike of Lloyd George. Once I settle on Sir Douglas Hage and the role in the pantomime would then I had to decide on what role would, in the pantomime would be most suitable for them. I go with the pantomime dame, perhaps one of the ugly sisters in Cinderella. Alex has a deeply hidden love of slapstick, and the casting of Haig in that role requires him, or her in the case of Alex playing him, to wear a big dress, a bonnet, and a massive pair of exaggerated frilly knickers that would only help in rehabilita- rehabilitating Haig's reputation further. Double entendres are traditionally delivered by the pantomime dame, and so through a combination of Sir Alex and Sir Douglas Hay, we could look forward to hearing ones like, it's been a while since anyone last stroked my Bertie. <laughs> a fireman has just soaked my Bertie and it's now dripping wet. <laughs> I can't remember the last time anyone, anyone cracked, a, cracked on my barrage and penetrated my Enderberg line. <laughs> Thanks to Clive for his accents at learning online for those last three things. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sure you'll agree that's wholesome, wholesome fun for the family of Christmas. Yeah. Outstanding. I can't believe Lockie missed that. Did you hear it? Oh, yes, he couldn't hear you pee. He's got his headphones on. Because Grandpa, turn your headphones on. You've turned Probably off your microphone on your headphones. Turn them on. I moved your semaphore at Lockie. By accident. I'm slightly concerned Lockie's lack of reaction is going to cost me a fucking BAFTA for this. Yeah, no, I love it. The only thing that slightly concerns me about that is the extent of the man crush I know that Peter Hart has on Douglas Haig, and I don't want him chasing me around the stage. (laughs) All I was going to say is I know Alex's uh, love of field marshal depictions involves a cucumber as well, so I I was hoping to make a cucumber gag. Uh, Lockie, if you shove it down far enough, a cucumber will make you gag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the talk I gave on George V and his generals that involved passing a cucumber around uh, the audience, and it was a field marshal baton, depending on who'd been fired, etc. I love that. That's brilliant. Um, okay, so oh, is it my turn to open my present then? Actually, do you Yay. know what? I will we'll tell the chief. But let's go to Chris first, just because I want to save mine till last, because it involves ritual humiliation for someone in the room. Is you're a princess? Because <laughs> it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. Chris? 
<laughs> He's absolutely twatted, isn't he? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, on a scale of 1 to 10, Chris, how twatted are you? Uh, probably about, um, I was going to say 7, but that's a lie. Probably about and now like you nine. can't remember what comes after 7, <laughs> can you? No. No, no. You want to open your present, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Um, Okie dokie. Um, ah. Let's remember, ladies and gents, this man is not only responsible for, like, small human beings, but also a priceless collection. Yeah, he is uh, one of the leading security people at the IWM. Uh, Did someone get him Turpits the Pig for his secret Santa? I hope something's pig-related. It's just as well that tanks are really difficult to steal, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I'll just be walking off with him going, Hi, Chris! I don't know. (laughs) Everyone thought it was just the shit reaper why everything disappeared in the atrium. It wasn't. I missed your burn. It it was me. I'm okay with that. Um, Okay, so uh, first thing is let's have a damage. Um, Can't get into the envelope. I'm doing it one-handed. Often I'm trying to look like over into Chris's screen. Yeah, yeah, everybody's feeding in as if it's. <laughs> Sorry, that's my arse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first thing is rum and coke, which is um, I'm probably going to have to leave that for another night because I've, I've got too much. Down it. <laughs> <laughs> Down it. Leave it for New Year's. James, can you um, talk about ice hockey for a moment? <laughs> No, uh, we've no, got no, some no. awesome uh, sunglasses, uh, which I, I will put on in a minute. Um, and this one, um, I might have to leave this for another night, but I have them. <laughs> oh, it's the Borat Mankini. <laughs> oh, the New Year party, Chris. Put Absolutely. It put it on. <laughs> you know, you wanted to get back out there. We will screenshot the shit out of it and put it on Twitter. Only good things can happen as a result. <laughs> Make sure you twerk when you do it, though. <laughs> Slut drop. <laughs> oh, I don't Chris. think the camera can accommodate that. <laughs> Chris, who were you casting in the panto? Um, I, I, I was given Holmes, um, and I, I thought about this uh, long and hard, and um, all I could think of was um, that he got blamed for a lot of things that weren't his fault, um, including by, my, by, by myself. Um, so <laughs> I've I similarly have gone for Douglas Haig in the, um, historiogra- historiographically, uh, he is blamed for, uh, mass slaughter and, um, repeating, uh, the same mistakes over and over and over. Um, so I, 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 I picked Holmes for, uh, Douglas Haig. In it's quite he, funny it, in that now, Holmes, you and I are going to be the Haig twins as the ugly sisters. <laughs> <laughs> you need someone else, really. There needs to be three of us, doesn't there? Well. You wait till I do my casting. I'm a horse. <laughs> I was about to say no, not me. You need to add a W to the front of that door. Maybe we can just have the Amelia Clark head on a stick. <laughs> quite disturbing. <laughs> yes, Clive. Clive has just put in the chat. Shit, that means Alex has me. Yes, I do. <laughs> right, okay. Do I open my secret Santa? From the book depository, it's a good start. Well, did, did, was there no justification as to why I'm Douglas Hague? Obviously, I don't mind being Douglas Hague. There might gonna... have been before the eight rum and cokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I, I'm going to go with that you're ultimately competent and know what you're doing, but um, you do get blamed for um, lots of mistakes, such as um, me thinking that you suggested the uh, the five 
uh, about oh, the. That's true. Uh, that's true. Yeah. But there, there were three of us uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks. You've been blamed three times for um, things that you really didn't do. Uh, the only one I can remember was my one, which was the uh, the five. But there, there, there have been a couple of others that, where everyone's got. Oh, home suggested this one. It's like, no, no, I didn't. I mean, if you're a judge, that goes with the territory, unless you're Simon London, the celebrity judge this week, and everyone blows up your ass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he gave us another yeah. mention on uh, the BBC London show today, so yay, Simon, uh, and we will welcome him back in due course. Right, can't Mike, can't Mike. wait till people tune into this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to list, I'm going to say, this is a Christmas special if you've lost the will to live on Boxing Day. We <laughs> want you now. It's a load of shit. Alex, <laughs> can we... a load of shit. If you Alex, want can, to can we put to... this up as the Patreon-only version so only like 18 people listen to it? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go put on the mankini. Hang on a second. <laughs> no. Please keep the video on during the change. I have a World War <laughs> One <laughs> colouring book. Did you just fall off his sofa then? Have you got a World War no. One colouring book, Alex? Yes. Because I've got a gay colouring book. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, look at that pilot. Looks like he might be. To be, to be fair, both receive specialist subjects, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I've got Only a, a double-page spread of the sinking of the Lusitania. You guys can colour together oh. and hold hands. Colouring, listen no, to No, no, holding hands. Colouring history meters. from the horrors of trench warfare to the heroism of Sergeant York. Just what you want your child to have. It's Lawrence. I might, I might do everybody in rainbow coloured outfits. <laughs> President Wilson declares war on. I think this is a little bit skewed towards. And tweet, tweet out the pictures as like a genuine thing, colourised. <laughs> you can become the new Marines. How accurate you think, Lockie? There's one lump of dirt and one rat on the floor, and otherwise it looks quite clean. Yeah, seems legit. <laughs> Pretty much, near enough. That red baron seems to have aged 30 years. <laughs> he's seen some shit. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's already seen the mankini. Robin Hood climbing the Alps. Oh, Alpini. <laughs> yeah. But if you colourise that, Dan Jones will be all over it. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Marina, watch out, man. I'm coming for you. <laughs> My God, the charge of the Australian light horse. It just looks like the Wild West. Oh, shit. Uh, okay. I'm I'll in there somewhere. You can make all the horses unicorns. I'm so going to do one of these. <laughs> and uh, Has anyone ever heard of Sergeant York? Oh, no, this is, it's very American. He was in it's the way. Spread of Sergeant the York, that's very American. Yeah, it's the 82nd Airborne, or not Airborne. Yeah, there's like, I think not the 82nd Airborne. Point, yeah, not you know, Airborne. It became Airborne. British so far yeah. is uh, Lawrence of Arabia and a page entitled The Disaster at Gallipoli. <laughs> sounds to me like Chris needs a bit of a trim wherever he's uh, putting yeah, it on. Yeah, I've, I've muted him. That's cool. Right, okay. Here he is! Hey! hey! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Show us the bottom half. Show jump, jump! If you show us the bottom half, you're excused from any of the drinking challenges. <laughs> Too late for that. He's already pissed. That's not going to work. 
Chris has been playing the James drinking game for months now. <laughs> at least, Chris, at least show us to the waist just for shits and giggles. Um, I don't know if I can. <laughs> that's about well it. Well done. <laughs> Very good sport. <laughs> Elton John stops by. Uh, right, before, so obviously... And a bit like the Polish duchy, I'm sporting a semi. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, I guess I guess if I put on my pin badge, I'm not going to get half as much attention. No, probably <laughs> we not. Put the pin badge onto, to be fair. Topless, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <clears throat> so clearly, you just wear the pin badge. Clearly, I have Clive, don't I? Um, and I will get there. But first of all, uh, Lucy ducked out, but Merrin has been here pretty much since the beginning. And I was thinking, well, we can't not cast her in anything. So uh, <clears throat> I was thinking, first of all, she's got to be the evil queen. Now, this isn't an insult because we all know, Beth, you won't understand because you're hideously young. But when you get to 30, it's the only part you want is the evil queen because it's the most fun. Uh, Alina's what, nodding, what Charlie's that, nodding. Bertie? What is that? Uh, you'll, that, you'll get there in three years. Bloody kids. Enjoy it muchly. <laughs> Um, right, okay, so I'm casting you as the evil queen and I thought, right, what can I put her as? And I had to think of this on the fly and I've decided uh, World War Two, awesome outfits, loads of action, loads of sex, you are Christine Glanville. Why? Or Katerina Scarbeck, or Christina Scarbeck. Christina Scarbeck. Oh, fuck off with your pronunciation. No one cares. <laughs> <I'm drunk. laughs> um, yeah, so you are a Polish-English super spy uh, with cool outfits, loads of blokes on the go, um, and a gun. Enjoy. But Clive, Clive. I went down the route of... I'm so looking forward to this one. <laughs> I spent the whole week thinking, what one person in history could Clive be? And then I thought, he doesn't have to be one person, because he's demonstrated over the last few weeks that he can take on many, many roles at the same time. So I then started thinking of the three good witches in Sleeping Beauty. You know, there's the big skinny one and there's the little fat one and then there's the medium one and they all buzz around together. And I thought, he can play all of them. But then I thought, they need to be historical characters. So I've cast them, Clive, but I'm afraid you are going to need to audition to make sure um, that I've nailed it properly. So first of all, the first witch, the little dumpy one, is going to be Queen Victoria. But we're talking Queen Victoria sort of in 1861-62 and she's just a crying, raging, hysterical mess, uh, withdrawn and moody and not wanting to be queen anymore because Albert's died. So can you give us that? All right, darlings. I'm a little (laughs) bit pissed off because my husband's keep the bucket in it, Annie. So I'm going to go, I want India. I want everything. I want all the money. All the money you can give me. Is that right? Is he Welsh? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Johnny, this is your first exposure to Clive's Masterpiece Theatre, isn't it? Yeah. He's had a lot of lessons in the last couple of months. Right, and I also... And then I was trying to think, I need to find, just because it would be hilarious, because it's Clive, the most butch, terrifying woman in history and I fell short because I couldn't think so has anybody got any suggestions that Clive has to do Anne of Cleves <laughs> oh Anne <laughs> poor Anne sorry someone truly axe wielding and terrifying Boudicca there you go 
So your second witchy character is Boudicca Clive. She was from Suffolk, right, though, you so Romans, with that. You dirty bags. You <laughs> fuck right off. <laughs> Brilliant. And then, this I've saved the best one for last, because I thought I need, like, the skinny, shrewy-like one. And um, I was thinking, Clive. Who does Clive idolise more than anyone? If I was to find someone in history that Clive literally wept when he thought of their contribution to history... Who would it be? More than Margaret Thatcher. It had to be Margaret Thatcher. (laughs) If you could give us your best, as a Labour card carrying lefty, give us your best Margaret Thatcher impression. There's no such thing as society. (laughs) You kinky Tommy scabs. Can we have more, please? Uh, Can it be be the spitting image version of a please? I I was really hoping that you would go off brand with the Cockney thing and do the (laughs) hilarious Gillian Anderson style. uh, Fucking a lemon and a talk really slow impression. I couldn't couldn't bring that to mind. The Japanese people about two weeks ago, whatever gave you that thought, it was going to (laughs) bear. Clive, you sound like my dad when he tries to speak Cockney. <laughs> I think the Boudicca one will go down in uh, history. You Romans, you slags. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, Clive, you have three roles. So there'll be lots of quick changes, which means lots of nudity in the wings. I can tell you this from personal experience. Oh, great. I'm looking forward to that. But it's okay, because everyone... I've got my brothers. Yeah, everyone's a pro and no one's looking. That's what they tell you. And then you turn around and there's 15-year-old boys looking at your tits. But that's my personal experience. Right, mm, okay, tell I'm us pretty... more. Show us on the dolly where he touched you. Mate, it messed, them up. <laughs> it messed me up. I just had to get into a ball gown. I don't think they were prepared. Uh, oh, my God. Look at Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I just all I can hear in my head is I remember when Rockwood <laughs> <laughs> Has someone screenshotted this? Oh fuck yes, I got the to the waist shot. You really want to see lower. It's not it doesn't lower. fit. It doesn't lower. Fit. That's what you want everybody to think, Chris. Oh it doesn't fit. <laughs> Too baggy down there. It's it's nearly Christmas, so it's time for a badly plucked turkey. Isn't Chris, it? this is bringing a new me- reason to the Battle of the Bulge. <laughs> you didn't get one with the book, did you? It's our oh answer to the history hit calendar, isn't it? The history yeah. hack calendar is coming out now, and this is. Dan do you want, Snow, this do you want is what Dan Snow gardening? Yeah, yeah, you need Anthony and Elton John glasses. This is what we're doing next year, Alex, for our um, our calendar deal. No, we thought we were going to do like a calendar girls one next year, like naked markers. We're just in Napoleon bus for modesty and things like that, like with strategically placed history I'm, items. Alex, yeah. can I still wear the tiara as long as yes. I've got like... Yeah, yes, cool. princess. I, I think looking at Chris now that a calendar is a bit ambitious and maybe we should go for a face mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mar- Marcus, I just I thought of a brilliant a joke for that calendar. Meryn's pu- clearly up for the calendar. Yeah. As always. Do I get a right of reply, by the way? Oh, yeah, go on. All right. At very short notice, who would I nominate? We've, we've, had, we've had the lady herself a couple of times, but I would... Alina and Alex. Boudicca, 
Bodicea, Veridice. She had several names. She was virile, strong, brave, bold, tempestuous, fiery, feisty, hard working. Did she eat cake? Leading a troop of fellow female brigands and fierce male warriors. And I'm looking at this crowd and thinking fierce male warriors. We've got nothing in a glitter waistcoat, Marcus in a tiara, and Chris in a fucking mankini. Pantomime role, you would have to be the magic bee. Because you get shaken up on a regular basis, only to release untold power and bestow insight on riches and riches on all who appreciate you. Alina, what was that gesture? (laughs) Shaking things up! Are you sh- are you fucking Alex's bee? Is that what you're saying? Oh, kids awake! Kids awake! <laughs> kids awake! Would you shake yeah. magic beans? Kit, did you magic actually fall beans. asleep? Yeah, I did. I, I I came. I just woke up and Bless you, you missed doing... the point where Chris changed into his mankini. <laughs> what? Go on to Chris's camera. Make Chris's camera your. That's not screen. Elton John above you in the chat. Um... <laughs> You know that scene in The Vicar of Dibley when Alice gets her cousin to come on and we all think it's Elton John? <laughs> this is a better impression. <laughs> okay, oh my God. so I have no idea what I missed. I'll be honest. I mean, You've I, missed I, a I lot. Actually... Well, Clive, Sex, drugs and I'll nudity, mostly. This. I'll cut this, but um, Clive, would you like to tell Kit what you cast him as? Because he fell asleep while you were doing it. I... Oh, yes, I'm so sorry, Clive. I cast you as John D. Who oh, I'm sure cool. you... Well, that's it. It was absolutely the perfect character for you. I, I've got like a wizard sleeve. <laughs> yeah, he was a scientist. He was an occultist. He was a deviant. He travelled a lot. What more could one ask? I am so sorry I fell asleep, Clive. I feel really bad now. You'll have to listen to the whole podcast again. God help you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just thought of, I, I genuinely just sort of. I have no idea what happened. I just kind of closed my eyes and I was out. And then the next thing I woke up and you were doing Cockney impressions. Um, this is the worst defence in front of a judge ever. <laughs> <laughs> just shut my eyes. Kit, you should have stayed in South Korea. You're far more responsive when you're over there. It's not you don't give a shit now, you're back. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go to bed now, actually. You know what? I'm, 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 I am properly knackered. I'm I'm really sorry, Clive. I feel so terrible. Not, not at all. Just listen to the podcast, all of it, and you'll find me towards the end. I I, I will make it up to you somehow. <laughs> Good night, Amelia. Good night, Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Bye, everyone. Merry Christmas. Take, Take care. care. Love yeah, you all. Merry Christmas. Gosh, I just read what it says on the back of this lotion. It says multi-purpose lotion for men's boys with exhilarating eucalyptus tingle. Anti-aging, anti-shriveling, anti-chafing, anti-sagging, and yet botanically bountiful. My goodness me, that's going to be a good Christmas Anti, for me, Anti-age your old gentleman plums. Yeah, they, they naturally are in killed area when you're young. Can we have a report for the next podcast, please? (laughs) (laughs) My my 
rejuvenated testicles will be kind of on show next week. <laughs> can you do, Clive, can oh, you do... There's something to look forward to. <laughs> Not like Knipkinops. Good news, Mrs. Clive, they're a centimetre higher. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. Can you do a before and after for our Patreon fans only? They can pay extra to see that. I love the way your first thought to everything now is Patreon, Patreon. Oh, I love it. Yeah. All, all like two of them. You see this? Loads of money. <laughs> I, love I, used, that I used to be a plasterer, but now I encourage people to put pictures of their bollocks online. <laughs> Loads of money. <laughs> Tooth Drake would probably get away with that on Patreon. Anything else would shut I mean, him down. We'd all slip a fiver for that, wouldn't we? <laughs> to be fair, I want to slip a fiver into Chris's Do we all have different levels for this Clive with his testicles? Marcus in his princess outfit. The history hack, I'm going to start pimping out Chris down in Edway because I know some likes. If Marcus, if you want to reply on Twitter and say oh, if anyone fuck. wants a full length picture, you've got to be a Patreon subscriber. <laughs> 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 Actually, Chris, you didn't send me a birthday uh, present, so therefore I want a full length photo. <laughs> Bertie, Bertie, what Jamie's? Oh. <laughs> Bertie, good boy. Oh, who's a boy? He doesn't give a fuck. Dreamies for Bertie. Charlie's got a schoolmistress. She only dishes out five dreamies at a time. (laughs) Well, it's because Sid's getting very I'm more aroused by Charlie's dreamies than when um, Zach puts on raspberry lipstick. (laughs) (laughs) Lip gloss or or lipstick? Oh, shit. It's important. I, I, I didn't stop to ask. Uh, yeah, this has been our Christmas party. If you're still listening at this point, fucking God help you. Uh, we'll be back subscribe on Patreon. Similar bullshit on New Year's Eve as well, because we're not allowed to do anything else. COVID sucks. Merry Christmas and all that bollocks. Uh, and we're now switching off so we can get Chris to reveal the full length picture of him in a mankini. <laughs> when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.